Harriet the Spy by Louise Fitzhugh, Chapter 3, Part 2. Harriet peeked over the sill. Franca, who was 14 and a complete blank of a person, leaned against the wall as though she had been propped there. Dino, who was six, traveled a toy car with his hand along one of the shelves. Papa DeSanti turned slowly to Fabio. Mio Figlio, he began in a tired, patient voice. I work my life away for you. I come here with nothing. I get a push cart. I sell vegetables. You know what makes a man that sells vegetables? Fabio frowned. The cigarette hardly moved in his mouth as he spoke. You now got the store, Papa. You now got the truck. Can I borrow the truck? No good! No good! Papa DeSanti screamed with all his might. There was a moment of strange silence as Fabio and his father stood staring at each other. Bruno walked heavily into the room. He was a thick, strong man with thick, strong thoughts in his head. He spoke slowly as though the thoughts had come from a long way back in his head. Let him take the car, Papa. Let him have a little fun. He's 18. He just wants to have a little fun. Fun? Fun? 18 too old for fun. What fun you have, Bruno? We're different, Papa. Let him go. You make him bad if you stop him. Bad? Bad? He's already bad. Flunk out of school. Hang around. Lazy bum all day. How I make him bad. Oh, Papa, Maria Elena breathed softly as she leaned toward the mirror. Bzz, 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 Dino whispered, having turned the car into an airplane. The bell on the door of the shop rang, breaking into their anguish. Papa DeSanti started toward the front. Customer, he said under his breath. No more talk. Everybody to work. Papa. It was only one word, but it took Fabio an enormous effort to get it out. No truck. Papa DeSanti didn't even turn around. The words came out like bullets. Fabio slumped, took a long drag on the cigarette without putting his hand to it. Maria Elena tried her hair a new way in the mirror. Papa Dasani, Mama Dasani, Dasanti walked heavily toward the front, following Bruno. No one looked at Fabio. Harriet squatted under the window and wrote out everything she had seen. Then she wrote, That Fabio may be bad, but I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to be like Bruno, either. Bruno looks like a big dumb bear. Once I thought I wanted to be Franca and, Franca and live in that family. But she's so dull. If I was her, I couldn't stand myself. I guess it's not money that makes people dull. There's a lot I don't know about this thing of being dull. I better find out, because I might be. What if it's like? Ha what is it like to have brothers and sisters? One thing, whenever they yelled, it wouldn't always be at you. Sometimes it would be at your brother. Then you could laugh. What is too old to have fun? You can't be too old to spy, except if you were 50, you might fall off a fire escape. But you could spy around on the ground a lot. Harriet closed her book and crept around the back to see what little Joe Curry was doing. Little Joe Curry was the delivery boy for the DeSantis, and he was always up to one thing. He was always eating. It was strange the way the DeSantis made any money at all, the way little Joe ate. Harriet peeked in. He was sitting there now, when he should have been working, eating a pound of cheese. Next to him, waiting to be consumed, sat two cucumbers, three tomatoes, a loaf of bread, a custard pie, three quarts of milk, a meatball sandwich about two feet long, two jars, one of pickles, one of mayonnaise, four apples, and a large salami. Harriet's eyes widened and she wrote, When I look at him, I could eat a thousand tomato sandwiches. Harriet heard a little whispering noise in the alley. She knew who it was without even looking, because she was almost caught every day by the same people. 
Four skinny little kids appeared around the side of the house. They tiptoed up to the door and knocked discreetly. They were very poor children with torn, dirty clothes and smudges all over their faces as though they were never washed. The oldest was around seven and the others were around four and five. Little Joe opened the door. There wasn't a word exchanged as he handed them a tomato, a quart of milk, half of the cheese, the loaf of bread, half the salami, half the custard pie, and two apples. They distributed these things among themselves to make for easy carrying and scooted away down the alley as silently as they had come. Little Joe went back to his eating. Harriet felt funny watching the scene. She sighed a little, then creeping along under the windows, went on to her next stop. That night, as Harriet lay in her bathtub taking her bath before dinner, she felt very happy. She had done a good day's work. She listened to Ogali, who was going through Harriet's closet taking out things that needed cleaning. Ogali was whistling. It was a cheery, though tuneless sort of whistling, which Harriet rather liked. The yellow paint on the tiny bathroom walls looked clean and happy. Harriet felt warm and sleepy in the hot water. Suddenly, the front door banged downstairs, and Harriet could hear her father's voice. Finks! Finks! Double-barreled rat, rat, rat! Finks! 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 He sounded very angry. Harriet could tell from his voice that he had stormed up the steps to the library. You won't believe the inequity. You will not believe when I tell you what the unmitigated thinkiness of those guys. Then, Mrs. Welsh's voice, calm and comforting, obviously leading him to a chair. What, darling, my heavens, what is it? Well, mumble, mumble, they're just the worst, mumble, mumble. I just could not believe. Darling, here, have your drink. Harriet was standing up in the bathtub. She was trying so hard to hear. What did you do today, Harriet? How annoying. Oh, golly, I'd chosen this time to start a conversation. Harriet pretended not to hear her as she kept listening. That mumble, he is an absolutely inspired fink. That's what he is, a real mumble. I tell you, I never saw a mumble like him. Did you take lots of notes? Harriet tried to crane her ears past Ogali's question. Would she just shut up a minute? Darling, that's terrible. Simply mumble. I don't know what I'm going to do. They're really going to mumble it up. If anything, it'll be the worst show of the season. They're real mumbles, they are. What are you doing, Harriet M. Welsh, standing up in that bathtub? Ogali looked exceedingly fierce. Sit down there this minute and I'll wash your back. Look at those ears. Do you perhaps pour ink into them? No, they itch a lot. That doesn't mean a thing, all that noise downstairs. Well, I'd like to hear it all the same. Your father has a very high-pressure job, that's all. What's a high-pressure job? It means he's not allowed to do exactly what he wants with the job, and what he's allowed to do, he isn't given enough time to do it in. Oh, said Harriet, thinking, what does that mean? Do spies have high pressure? Oh, yes, if they get caught. I'm never caught. Not yet. Oh, golly, are you ever going away? When you get so big, you don't need me, yes, but not right this minute. You're getting pretty old, though, Ogali said, surveying Harriet crit critically. There was a pause. Then Harriet said, Ogali, do you have a boyfriend? Yes, said Ogali and looked away. Yes! Harriet almost fainted into the bathwater. Yes, said Ogali with dignity. Now time for bed. There was a pause, and then Harriet asked, It's unsanitary to have lots of cats in the house, isn't it? Ogali looked rather, rather startled. I always think of cats as rather clean, but then a lot of cats. How many cats? I think 25, but I'm not sure. They move around a lot. 25? Here's your towel. Who do you know that has 25 cats? Oh, somebody. Harriet adored being mysterious. Who? Oh, just somebody. And Harriet smiled to herself. 
Ogali knew better than to pursue it. She always said that privacy was very important, especially to spies. When Harriet was all through with her dinner and bundled off to bed, she began to think of Harrison Withers and all his cats. Harrison Withers lived on 82nd at the top of a dilapidated rooming house. He had two rooms, one for him and one for his cats. In his room, he had a bed, a chair, a work table at which he made bird cages and a whole wall of bird cage making tools. In the other room, there was nothing but the cats. In the kitchen, there was one glass, one cup, and 26 plates all stacked up. It suddenly occurred to Harriet to wonder if he ate exactly the same food as the cats or different food. She must find out tomorrow. She could find out by following him around the supermarket. She fell asleep contentedly. Right before she fell asleep, she wondered who in the world Olgali's boyfriend was.